You are listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. This is show number four. With me tonight is Ian. Hello, everybody. And Mac. Hi. And Jennifer. Hello. So how are you guys doing tonight? Not too bad. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I think we've got a, a good show this evening. We're going to be uh, talking about, uh, well, we're going to talk about Jeff Peckman, Peckman and uh, we're going to talk about NASA finding ice on the moon. We're going to talk a lot about cults, and uh, we're also going to talk about some woo and what woo is. So, uh, and uh, Ian, Ian has a little special for us tonight. He is a, <clears throat> he has a prepared statement. Ian, go ahead. Okay, my little rant. <clears throat> A few weeks ago, an episode of the cartoon show Family Guy had a character in it who had Down syndrome, who then made a remark related to Sarah Palin. The next day, Sarah Palin criticized the show and called it offensive. Soon after, it seemed that tons of people who never saw the show were forming opinions about the show based off of their views of Sarah Palin. And the two seconds of that show that got shown over and over again. I personally don't care if you find the show offensive or not. I'm not going to talk about my take on the episode itself here. But please don't tell me the episode was offensive or not until you actually have watched the whole episode and formed a real opinion about it. I normally don't watch the show myself, but I went and found the episode online and watched it before I made any judgment about it being offensive or not. I put my views of Palin aside and judged the show purely on the show itself. Seriously, what is wrong with people? Would you go and recommend a book to friends if you've not read it? Would you write a review on a movie if you've not seen it? Then why would you go and form an opinion about something being offensive or not based solely on your like or dislike of a person who finds the thing offensive? To do such is just insulting and self-degrading. One of the things we are about here on Amateur Skeptics is critical thinking. Part of critical thinking is figuring stuff out for yourself. We don't expect you to go and take our words for anything we claim here. We give you the links to see for yourself what we are talking about. And we want you to figure out your own views. If you disagree with what we are saying here, fine by us. We just hope you have done it based off of you doing the research and deciding we are mistaken. Not because you dislike us in general. And if you do think we are full of it on some subject we that we've talked about, please tell us that and give us examples or links to show us why you think that. We're not too proud to admit when we are mistaken and are ready to take any challenges to our views. So people, get it together and form your own opinions. Don't let others do it for you. Don't let others tell you how to think. If you have a working brain and are able to use it, then don't be a sheep. It is insulting to yourself and to humanity as a whole. This world would be much better off if we could get more people to think for themselves. Okay, end of rant. Anyone well, else have anything they want to add? Well, thank you for giving my me my opinion on that. <laughs> Actually, it's it's interesting what you were talking about. Um, talking about forming opinions of things without actually seeing the material in question. I've got some stuff on that a little bit later on during our, our segment on guessing the logical fallacy. So it, it's just funny though that that she came out and said that this show was offensive based on a show who who part of their intention is to be offensive. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, actually, I did read a little bit about them on that particular segment, and the actress who portrayed the girl with Down syndrome has Down syndrome, and she thought what she said was funny as hell. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That is funny. You know, I haven't yeah. watched the episode, and quite frankly, the opinions that I've heard about it haven't really made, haven't really swayed me. And they've all been from, you know, people who uh, who are, thought it was offensive, but it didn't sound terribly offensive, you know, when you consider the source. Oh, well, with what's out there nowadays, you know, to find one little remark like that to be offensive compared to so much else... Well, you're just asking oh, for South Park I, to take it to the next level. <laughs> it's really a lot of it. A lot of what's going on here is just about the fact that Sarah Palin wants to make a splash and wants to distance herself from, you know, basically from the blah image that 
if she wants to make herself an exciting contender for the next presidential election. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what her motivations are, and and I don't even want to guess at this point. That's uh that that's really uh for another show. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I mean, but I think that's a good point that I don't. I I tend to agree that most people did not watch the um the whole show. But we've seen that kind of stuff for years. We had the one guy um in Congress back in the nineties criticizing Beavis and Butthead, then openly admitting he's never watched a single episode of it. It's like, how can you criticize something you haven't watched? You know what though? Here's the thing. I'm I've been guilty of that in the past. Um, it wasn't until you know until I decided you know I mean. Being a you know being a skeptic is 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 a you know more what a philosophy a, a you know a, a practice as opposed to a um a faith right it's it's set of guidelines it's a way of doing things and that's part of being a skeptic is looking at the data before you make an opinion but in the past I haven't always done that and it's certainly easy to do and it right. sometimes is easier to do that if you don't look at all the data because once again when you do things get grayer. Oh, just, just remember, folks, that if you find yourself saying, well, I haven't seen it, but I know enough about it, then you, never, <laughs> then you don't know enough about yeah, it. Yeah, then you don't know enough about it. There's ice on the moon? Yes. This, uh, um, what was it, about a month ago or so that they crashed the probe into the moon, and they're getting some great results back. And one of the results was showing that not only is there ice in the moon, but it looks like there's actually something of a um, – system going on there because in the article they talk about how um, it's also consistent with recent findings understanding of the multiple forms of water found on the moon while water vapor was detected they find all sorts of different water you know it's not just ice but there's water vapor you know there's definitely a cycle going on with water on the moon and this is actually pretty incredible if you look at it because you know we weren't really expecting that much but you, know, you, you talk about water on the moon, say, you know, 20 years ago, everyone would be thinking you were crazy. Yeah. Oh, here it is. This is what I was looking for. Indicates that water creation, migration, dep- depositation, and retention are occurring on the moon. So there's a cycle. There's definitely a cycle of water on the moon right now, it looks like. And, of course, that's a big deal because um, if we do get around to actually trying to build bases on the moon, an actual source of water on the moon itself would make a huge difference. Well, they well they found water in some of the craters, you know, with yes. the, the, when they uh, when they we found water vapor there. But this is actually even more interesting. And but we're this is becoming a common theme. I mean, look, we have Enceladus that that's you know that that's way more active than we would have thought. Triton's more active than when what we would have thought, and Pluto's more active than we would have thought. It has uh, some, it has cycles too. Oh yeah, it's been incredible what we discovered. You know, the more we look, the more we learn, the more it's like wow, there's a lot more going on than we thought. Well, and it happens here on Earth too. We we think, ah, oh, there's no way that there'd possibly be life at you know um, one mile underneath the sea. <laughs> oh look, thermophiles. So what the uh, what the article doesn't mention though is that in addition to an ice deposit at the moon's north pole, they also found a perfectly preserved extreme snowboarder. <laughs> and you know the article doesn't mention it because it didn't happen, but <laughs> you know they get everywhere. <laughs> well, but none of this is true because we've never been to the moon. That's true. So there's water retention going on on the that's moon. Right. All right. You guys ready that's for some local That's part of woo? my problem, too, is I've got water retention going on water. on my moon. Do you? <laughs> uh, yeah, too much information there, definitely. We didn't need to know. Uh, actually, I'm interested. <laughs> you can have a little private conversation afterwards. Then. All right, all right. We'll do that. That information. You guys know who Jeff Yeah, that'll be a sidecast. <laughs> can I move us on now? Uh, yeah. Please, I'm begging you. Let's stay on the subject of space, though. Okay. You know who Jeff Peckman is? Tell us who Jeff Peckman is. Jeff Peckman is pushing for an an extraterrestrial extraterrestrial affairs commission for for Denver. So he's managed to get this on the ballot, barely. And uh, so he kicked off his campaign with with a video I really thought was (laughs) well-produced, insightful. Um, Can I lay it on any thicker? So they've come up with this hip hop video to for to launch their their campaign, which they're calling Pink UFO. I, I'm completely baffled by this. I don't understand it. What am I missing? Well, you have to figure these are the same guys that use that one video of the peeping tom alien as their proof that there's aliens out. Okay, no, that that's not true. Um, the the peeping tom video was was some local guys that that that's the the uh, it's the guys from Warning Radio. They made the video. They wanted the eyes blinking and everything. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's their video. The 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 actual video that the uh, the Stan Romanak video is right now just a picture. They haven't released the video, and they're still holding on to the video that they're using to make a documentary. Okay, I thought the Peeping Tom one was the video. No, no, no. That 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 is the, that's the response from the oh, God. What is it? The Mile High Paranormal Society. Okay. Um, it, that that's their response to it. Yeah, that and that video. I mean, there's some people have thought that that video was the real video, but uh, right now I, I don't think that the uh, the Stan Romanek video has been released. They're they're working on making money off of that. Um, and of course, so nobody can verify what right. um whether it is. But now a lot of people have have come out and said that they thought that the still frame had been photoshopped. And you look at it, it I mean, it looks like a, a light glare of some sort. I, it really is not very clear. But uh, actually, Stan Romanak just recently um, took some pictures from uh, from an airplane, and uh, he caught something that he, he sure is a UFO, and those are on his website as well. Wow, what a lucky guy. He keeps oh, yeah. finding UFOs well, around. Exactly. If, people, if people were going to believe him, UFOs would not keep showing themselves to him. <laughs> UFOs only show up to that one hick out in the sticks that nobody's ever going to believe because he can't. He doesn't have anything to produce evidence, and he can't tell the story convincingly. Well, but well they're obviously stalking him. I mean, they're hanging out around his house and they're flying after him in planes. You know, I, I do love. To, I do love but, this though. Denver already has a reputation as the cannabis capital of the country. Yeah, <laughs> but Jeff Peckman is setting his sights much bigger. <laughs> Two thoughts on this. Okay. One thing is we don't even have same-sex marriage in this city or in this state, and Jeff Peckman wants extraterrestrial affairs. That's got to be against the law. <laughs> Second thing is – If I want to marry an alien, that's looking. between me and the alien. <laughs> Brian, you're just not looking at the scientific evidence that's in the uh, that's in the video. <laughs> the scientific evidence there is is very clear on the point that suburban white teenagers should not try to rap, <laughs> as if Vanilla Ice wasn't conclusive. Here we go, and, and the audio quality is so bad. Can you, can we even hear that? Um, I can make it out, but usually only because I have words in front of me. Pink UFO, pink UFO. <laughs> what do you know? Pink it's UFO. That, it's that style of it's that style of songwriting that says rhyme a bunch of stuff together and people will listen. It doesn't have to actually make sense. Here's the deal. I don't know if Stan's Romanek video is is worth anything. His still is not. So he needs to release the video so yep. that it can actually be analyzed, but he he won't do it. And he's finding all these other pictures. He just happens to take the, he didn't he, he didn't see it until after the pictures. No, the photographs are for documentation. They are not the proof. <laughs> but these new pictures that he's got, he's got a new version of Photoshop, and they and they're better. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, the photographs have something in them. I don't know what it is. It's a long distance away, um, so I, I cannot tell you um, what's in those photos. And unfortunately, I didn't put that link in here. I did send that to uh, Brian at Warning Radio. He's probably already heard about it, but I, I, I did I did send that over to him. So, yeah, so this, I don't know, this whole thing is funny. Great, great you know, video. I just feel I should say that it's not a terrible thing to have a an alien plan because I think most of us already have a zombie plan. Okay, but should the people pay for your <laughs> for your alien plan? Well, should. my wife has a zombie plan. I'm her zombie plan. She throws me to the zombies. Wow. She's got just enough rock salt to to make a circle around herself. <laughs> Wait, does rock salt stop zombies? Well, that's a theory. Are they like slugs? You throw <laughs> the salt on them. <laughs> Well, haven't you ever had a problem with with zombies in the garden? <laughs> <laughs> Going back, no, the public shouldn't have to pay for it. Okay. If they want to fundraise and have a foundation and get crazies to give them money. Well, I'm sure they'd like sane people to give them money, too. Absolutely. So we're going to, some some, we're going to move on to serious matters now? Mother says she agreed to starve son to rid him of demonic spirit. Yeah, that's, what a jump. <laughs> it doesn't sound serious, but it is. 
Well, some ET lunatic to something. Yeah. So this first or, story, or, this first story, I have I put two of them in here, but let me try and let me. Well, they're both there. Yeah. Let me see if I can summarize for you. Um. This. So this. Uh. So this mother had joined a cult. Her son it was sixteen months old. I guess she was. No, 20. not sixteen. But he, he was older than that. Well, let's let's be sure here. I thought it was sixteen. No, months. sixteen months. That's 16 about right. Months. Really? Yeah, yeah he sixteen was a month old. Wow. Javin. Javin. Javin is the name of the boy. He was sixteen month old. Yeah, that's a toddler. Yeah, yeah. and he wow. would not say amen after meals. I, I must have missed the toddler part. That makes it even more messed up. I, I was thinking he was, you know, like five or six or something. No. Well. Oh, well no. Yeah. No. Wow. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so a 16-month-old would not say amen after meals. And so the, the leader of the cult ordered that um, that he that he shouldn't eat. And the mother says she was scared to feed them. They were told that, you know, if they did, that they fed them, that they would go to hell. Um, and so she told them all this stuff, and they didn't know what she would do if they fed him. And so they let him starve to death. Because he was demonically possessed. Because he was, because he was uh, possessed. But but you're you're overlooking the fact that he was supposed to be resurrected. Well, I was getting to that. So okay. so after he died, um, the um, what is her name? Um, Queen Am- Amonette. Queen Antoinette. Antoinette told them that he that he would be resurrected. Um, and they in they were forced to sleep in the same room as this decaying body. And she said that he wasn't being re- resurrected because of their fear. And so they needed to sleep in there until they got over their fear so he could be resurrected. And when the uh, when the cult moved on, right, they, they took the body in a suitcase and took it with them. Did they take it with them? I thought they, they had took left it with it. them. They, so they, and then when they moved the next time, they left it where they had uh, where they they left it out in a shed at the place okay. they were living. Right. When they moved on the next time, they found the suitcase. They left the suitcase in a shed, which is how this came to the light of the authorities. Right. So I think, well, no, that's not how it came. The, my understanding is that she was um, they, was starting to talk, and so they had her put into a mental asylum. No, another member of the cult was starting to talk, not the mother. Oh, and was put into a mental asylum. Okay, the yeah. other member was. But they also did find the body in the suitcase. Right, but at, but she, but the who, but the girl who was put into the insane asylum, somebody finally listened to her, and she led them to the body. Okay, that's correct. Okay, so so now all this is on trial, of course. Yeah. Yeah, and so yeah. the the three cult leaders were on trial. One of the cult leaders says that he was never there, and you know couldn't have been part of this. Um, but the mother testified. And the mother has agreed to a suspended sentence for her testimony, but if if the child is resurrected, the charges will be dropped. <laughs> uh, however, the judge is insisting on a full bodily resurrected re- resurrection, <laughs> not any of this uh, any of this reincarnation or translocation of the spirit into an animal body. Right. Right. It's got to be a full on Jesus Christ style resurrection. Absolutely. <laughs> that is so twisted. Yeah. So. The update to this story that I didn't put in here is that the three cult leaders were found guilty, and I don't, but I don't think that they have been sentenced yet. Um, but the, they were convicted, and and at this point, the child has not been resurrected. <laughs> Big surprise there. And yeah, so the mother, I don't know what the mother's sentence will be, but she pleaded guilty to child abuse. Correct. That was her plea. Be, that was her plea deal that she was given in exchange for her testimony. You know, I'm just I'm reading this. I was. Appalled. Sure. Oh yeah, I can understand that. It's oh wow. Uh, the evidence, of course, that they cited the cult leaders. They cited that the child, the child was actually possessed by a demon. Was that he had said amen before and wouldn't say it now. And he was held up to the moon by his grandparents. Son held up to the sun by his son. grandparents, which is equated to which equates to uh, to offering him to the devil. Right. Uh, although the grandparents say that they were offering him to the glory of God's creation, although uh, they say that on the day in question that the mother said that she saw them offer the son to the devil, they didn't actually even have the child. Right. So I'm, I'm glad I could never understand the, the kind of mentality that leads people to do that stuff. It, it's yeah. beyond me. It's, yeah. You know, how, how do you get to that level? Well, let me ask you this question: What is it going to take to get you to convert to Islam? 
yes. Good, good lead-in. Thank you. I'm working I on my segue. I think they sold me with the 72 virgins. Is, well, well, uh, okay. I'm down with that. I, I don't want to after I that. die for that, though. Oh, do, do you have, is <laughs> yeah, that you what you have to me die for? Right off the bat, okay, I'll go for it. But you tell me i got to wait till I die? Uh, it seems like it's a bit too late. You know, I'm kind of an instant gratification type of guy, too. I'd rather have the 72 virgins now myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what are you supposed to do with 72 virgins, virgins after you're dead? I, I don't know. Yeah, it, you, I think the only person who would know what to do with 72 virgins after death would be Dracula. But, but still, are you but, supposed to transcend the physical? You know, after death, you're no longer in a physical body. What's virginity, virginity itself makes no sense at that point. Apparently, it does if you're if you're Islamic. But if your brothers are converted by a Muslim cleric. Maybe, just maybe, you should convert to or leave the country. Yeah. So you this, have a good point based <laughs> upon the next article. So this gentleman, his, I think it was his brothers and his sisters converted. And didn't it say something about the parents as well? They were dead. Uh, it says four older brothers. Okay, four older yeah, brothers. It, it said the Christian parents died when he was a boy. Okay, so but he was raised Christian. Been, he was Christian all his life. And then his his brothers, and I thought it said his sister too, all converted to Islam, and they wanted him to convert to Islam, and he refused. He stayed true to his Christian roots. So the brothers beat him, presumably thinking that they'd beat him to death. He survived, and now he's on the run. You know, he survived through God Almighty. Yes, I know. God saved him because yes. he yep. did not give up his, his virtues. The brothers threatened that, he was, that it was at the breaking point now and that I must convert right now or face death. They said, killing an infidel is not a sin. Instead, it's righteousness in the sight of Allah Almighty. Wow. So they beat him with bamboo clubs and left him for dead. That's just crazy. That is crazy. When they, when, I, don't you think when, when, they're, when people move on to these kinds of practices, is this not cultish? Oh, it's, yeah. it's actually very much a cultish type activity. I'm curious as to what sect of Islam that they are involved in. It doesn't indicate what sect no, it doesn't. in particular it is. Um, but man, they offered him a lot of stuff. I mean, they offered him eleven thousand dollars. They offered him a home. I mean, and And, and a woman. It's like they're bribing him. Yeah, a woman. Give me all this crap. A woman of his of his choosing. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything spiritual in that for some reason. No, I mean the the whole thing is very. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Maybe he was going to pick a good Christian wife. (laughs) And well, if you look down here later, it it talks about um, someone giving the brothers and sisters a large pot of land and right uh, money, but only half Mm -hmm. the amount they were offering him. Yeah, it's like. I, well, I didn't know that was part of Islam. You know, well, see, I don't, yeah, I, didn't, I don't think well, it well, is. Well, just be the cleric. In hold specific. on. Here's what happened. Um, they gave his brothers money to convert to Islam. And since he was the last house in the neighborhood and all the rest had converted to Islam, all the property values had gone up. So they were able to offer him more. Oh, oh that's how that works. <laughs> wow. So holding out is a good idea. Maybe he's holding out for even more money. So uh, I, I don't think know. I think he's definitely... I think he's definitely a, a very, very strong person of the Christian faith. Yeah. But and, he, you know, for his faith, I would definitely salute him. Absolutely. For being true to what he sure, believes. Sure. You know, here's the thing, though, is I, I'm going to make, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't know a lot about Islam, but I'm going to guess that this is not typical. <laughs> it's definitely not a typical thing of Islam. Um, this is extremist. Well, let's exactly. Put it this way. If these, if the brothers were, if the brothers were Christian, they would be more like skinheads or, or clan members. So, yes. this is not this is not the typical behavior of. It's it's a very very extreme extreme radical view of Islam and. I just ain't right. Well, we have the and, same thing that here. That goes right into what we're going into next perfectly. Babies, they all survives parents' global warming suicide pact? Yeah. Oh. In, in this case, what we get to see is fundamental extremist global warming. Yeah, this is ridiculous, too. Which is showing you know, stuff that basically global warming has become, in truth, a religion. Okay. Um, you have the, the this couple who basically decided that they had to kill themselves and their kids before global warming did it. And luckily for this seven month old girl, when their parents when her parents shot her, she survived. <laughs> but just the whole idea that you're worried about global warming to the extent 
you're doing the exact same thing we've seen Christian fundamentalists do. You know, you have these women that drown their children because they have to save their children from becoming sinners. Yeah. This is the same level of mentality. This is extremist fundamentalist mentality happening here. Right. Well, so here's the deal. They not only they 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 had another child that they killed as well. Yep. yep. They had an older brother that was killed, and this and they had, and the father's gun missed all the vital organs on this baby, and then they and then they killed themselves. This baby lived three days with those bullet wounds before um before she was found. Mm-hmm. Definitely a strong girl. Definitely impressive. Yep. And luckily, Actually, she's, it's a that's a durable child. Yeah. And luckily, she's young enough that this shouldn't traumatize her for life. You know, she, right. She, she should be lucky enough to have no memories of this. It doesn't sound like she has. Um, she's out of you know critical care, and it doesn't sound like she has. She'll have any repercussions from the bullet wounds. But here's the thing that gets me: is that did you look at the comments to this? Every one of them wants to blame Al Gore for this. And I found <laughs> I found another site that was talking about this. Um, and, and the comments were even worse. I mean, and it's and it's just an opportunity for people who don't believe in global warmings to try and you know to apply a bunch of ad hominem attacks at Al Gore. You know, Al Gore, whether you like him or not, you know, felt like he, you know, that there was something to be concerned about, and he came out and he did something about it. He may not be the best spokesman for global warming, but he cannot be held responsible. For, for this act. This is the act of people. I mean, there's something else wrong with these people. Well, and right. well if it wasn't global warming, it would have been something well, else. Exactly. And that is they one of the They very easily yeah. could have gotten sucked into an Islamic cult or exactly. a Christian yeah. cult yeah, they, or something else. A UFO cult. These people were ready to drink the Kool-Aid. Yes, <laughs> they were. What's sad about this, though, is it just absolutely invalidates what this story is really about, which is about oh, no. people who is, people who don't go. Oh no, this is about <laughs> people who did something extreme and nutty, and people have taken it and politicized it into something that is. It's just inappropriate. It's it's a story yeah. about a tragedy. It's like taking you know Hurricane Katrina and making it about. God's wrath of the sinfulness of the people. Yeah, or right. taking Haiti and doing that. So it's the same thing, you know. Yeah, it's fortunate for the people in Chile that they're not a Christian nation. <laughs> no wonder uh, they got earthquakes. You know, and this is unfortunate because, you know, the, there is probably a way to have a uh, a global warming debate without all the attacks if they wanted to actually refute the science, but they don't do that. They they prefer the ad hominem attack. Yep. They picked the they picked the the recognizable and visible sign, Al Gore. Right, which is what they've done here. It's most unfortunate, but there is a brighter side to all of this because even a plumber can become a faith healer, <laughs> and a Polish plumber at that. A Polish plumber at that. A Polish plumber becomes faith healer after finding mythical stone. <laughs> I had to put this in here because I was going through stuff today, and this is just the funniest thing. Because he says he dug up the stone. Um, oh, where did he in the earth? Why he was repairing uh, pipe work? Yeah, we're doing pipe work. I mean, and you look at the stone, and he the the thing that's uh, apparently a is, giant Z. Yeah, giant Z. That and uh, and when he touched it, he felt the power, and it healed his back. <laughs> Did it also give him the desire to wear a black cape and a mask? Because that is the symbol of, uh, you know, know, Mexico's greatest hero. It looks like he's stuck with his parka, because it does look like it might be chilly. The parka is a good look for him. It's working. I have to admit that. But my impression upon looking on the stone is, I looked at it and I thought, is this, it almost looks like one of those, uh, the block that drops out of an airplane's (laughs) reference. I'm looking at it. I'm going. <laughs> you have visions of Joe Dirt. Right. Well, yeah. what I'm trying to figure out is so, somehow the stone has been undisturbed for hundreds of hundreds of years. Yet he found it while digging up the drains under his house. How did those drains get put under his house? If where that stone was has been undisturbed for hundreds of years. Oh no, the the whole thing screams of hoax. <laughs> it helps, I mean, the the whole thing is it, it scre- screams of a of a fraud that he just happened to find this while digging a pipe. Well, they probably did some digging to lay that pipe in the first place. How did they miss it? Uh, well, it also you... looks like it might have a piece of rusted pipe attached to it. You think so? so I don't know. I, I mean, there's yeah. a very 
there's a very regular piece on the back of this stone that looks like it might be the outline of a piece of fairly thick sewer pipe. You think so? I'm thinking. I'm, that's what I'm thinking when I look at it. I don't so. know. I can't. I can't tell. I mean, it, the, not from the pictures. Yeah, I, saw. I, I don't know if this stone is naturally that way or if it's been carved. Uh, it looks like it might be pretty natural, but you know, without actually well, inspecting it. To me, it looks more like what you, uh, the molded statues. <laughs> right. Okay. Sure. Like it's been molded. Yeah, yeah. You know, it has that rough outer texture that you see a lot of the um, statues you'll find at Walmart and stuff. So you think it's styrofoam? <laughs> Not styrofoam, plaster. <laughs> plaster. Yeah. Okay, all right. Bottom line, though, is that any any evidence of this stone's healing properties are, at this point, they're only anecdotal anyway. Well, exactly. And the other thing that's it, interesting... All we have is his word that he touched it and his back healed and other people are touching it and they are healed. And now he's a full-time faith healer. He's giving up plumbing. You know, if he can make a living at it. (laughs) Well, he's gone from fixing damaged pipes to fixing damaged pipes in the human body. (laughs) With a placebo. Yes. Uh, That's one big placebo. No, I don't think that's made out of sugar, Brian. (laughs) Well, I didn't say it's homeopathy. It's my homeopathy healing stone. How does it, how do you dilute that? That's what I want to know. <laughs> uh, all right. Are you ready for my victories for common sense? Hit us. The NIH should stop funding homeopathy, says MPs. So, mm. well, okay. What? Yes. Jen, were you going to say something? I said the NHS, not the NIH. Oh, the NHS. I'm sorry. I misspoke. Whew. Here's some errata. <laughs> this week I misspoke when I was when I was saying the title of the story. So the NHS, they're coming out very strongly saying that, you know, homeopathy has no scientific efficacy and that it's no better than a placebo and so they should stop funding it. And they've been spending four million pounds a year on it. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They they and it's it's covered by the insurance. So all, every story that I've been seeing on this from the the majority of them are all you know, people are going to have to start getting their own insurance so they can get their homeopathy treatments. And I mean, it's just uh, my Google alert has just been going nuts with these stories. And there's been a lot of them. But most of the most of the people's um, take on this is what are, what are these people going to do now that homeopathy is is no longer going to be funded by the NHS? Have to rely on real medicine? Yeah, <laughs> that's too much to ask for. I, I read a I read a really good um article talking about uh, a guy who you know who was very critical of homeopathy, but um he had you know tested other stuff like he had given his approval to St. John's Wort, and he actually is um the he's actually um on some he's actually a professor of of natural medicine or something. But I mean, he was actually doing the science and testing this stuff to find out which ones work and which ones don't. It sounds like the royal family doesn't care for him much. Can imagine that uh, that uh, Prince Charles is is not real pleased that uh, yeah, about this whole thing, considering what you know the the quackery he's been promoting. It's it's a victory for common sense, but I think ultimately I I, I question you know it, whether it's going to change anybody's mind, and they just can they just find other ways to pay for it. So yep. But at least you know the government doesn't have to pay for it. At least the citizens that that don't want it don't have to pay for it anymore. Right. Well, and if the government isn't paying for it, then it can't be government mandated. Well, I didn't if, realize, if it's yeah. not government mandated, then people have the choice of whether they're going to do something with it right. or not. Well, and they're saying that a lot of um, homeopathy clinics will go out of business because of this. I didn't realize that they had whole clinics dedicated to homeopathy out there. Neither so, did I. Uh, a couple of them. The Ro- yeah, they, they have the Royal London Home- Homeopathic Hospital. You know what happens when those clinics go out of business? They have to devote themselves to making uh, homeopathic mine uh, bomb detectors instead. <laughs> uh, those are dowsers. Yeah. <laughs> and they're illegal in England now anyway, so dog on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to move on to our next segment. Can you guess that fallacy? And this is this is this is a segment that I hope will be more regular and which um, we're going to we're going to try to guess the logical fallacy. And uh, so Sean is going to uh, uh, he's got an article here which he's going to summarize and then he's going to pick some pieces out of it. And the rest of us have to guess what the, the logical fallacy is. Okay. Well, I picked an article. Uh, this is actually from November of 2007 from a uh, a site belonging to Bob Larson Ministries. And 
I, I know him of old because I used to listen to him on the radio. But this was a, this was basically his warning about the uh, fact that your children are in danger because of a movie called The Golden Compass. My kids loved that movie. Okay. They must be in danger then. Anyway, um, we'll have the, to load uh, it to you. Okay. The, I watched uh, it at your house. I think. Essentially, he he throws out the uh, he throws out the stuff that's in the movie. I mentioned earlier that the uh, I haven't seen it, but I know enough about it already. Was in here. I yeah. haven't seen the Golden Compass, but I have made a deal t- detailed study of what's in it and who is behind it. Well, I've also read the first book in the series, so I'm... I, I'm No, I'm sorry. That's a quote from the article, Ian. Oh, okay. I haven't seen The Golden Compass, but I have made a, de- a detailed study of what's in it and who's behind it. Me personally, <laughs> I have seen The Golden Compass several times. <laughs> wow, didn't we talk about something like this earlier in this podcast? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep, I've seen The Golden Compass several times, and anything with Sam Elliott in it cannot be bad. And he was actually um, saying he was upset that a sequel wasn't being made, and he was blaming the Catholic Catholic Church for stopping the sequel from be- getting made. <laughs> Sam Elliott wanted to do another movie. He was all for it. There was some interview talking about how upset he was over you know the Catholic Church screwing things up for the sequel because he thought they were great movies. Wow. All right. So, Ian and Brian and Jen, I'm ga- I'm gathering you've had a chance to at least skim this article so far, right? Some of it, yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm going to actually pick the end section of the article because this is a this is a uh, logical fallacy that we haven't really hit before and I want to see if you guys catch what I think this is is it to give so the me li- my give my my purpose money <laughs> yeah, that's what it is <laughs> <with. Like, laughs> that is not actually that's not actually a logical fallacy that's no, just um, plain begging the, the section that I wanted to go with was of course well, he's talking about the fact that the website for the movie allows has a has a web template that allows people to meet their own demon by answering twenty questions. And then, as an experiment, he suggests that only mature Christians do this. They that he tested the website and was told of his own demon, which is a female tiger demon. Um, That's sexy. Anyway, he's <laughs> saying, of course, I don't have that demon. It's only a con complex software program responding to strokes on my computer keyboard but what if I believed it? You and I know that some gullible Christians will swallow this eye just like this <laughs> along with the Kool-Aid and now I'm really lost <laughs> <laughs> alright okay, so deceived that, by Harry Potter so is this um, so is this a red herring? Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not thinking red herring on this one, but I, I did think that initially. I, I had thought that about some other things in the article, but I don't think this article actually does contain a red herring. Okay, he stays pretty much on point the entire way through. Oh, to me, it's kind of a, a contradiction that at the end, but somebody out there thinks could be deceived, could think it was real. It, yeah, <laughs> non sequitur. <laughs> Uh, I don't know my fallacies that well. So. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, that's one of the reasons for doing fallacies. this. What, uh, sure, all right. But... Here's what I'm thinking on this. Uh, the key to me is where he says, you and I know that some gullible Christians will swallow this lie. Okay. And I think that the logical fallacy here that we're looking at is appeal to flattery. Or appeal to ignorance? <laughs> no, appeal to flattery, because basically saying, you and I are smarter than this, but there are other people who will fall, who will fall for yeah. this. So we have to take charge and make sure the gullible aren't All right. harmed exactly. by this. By... So you, you're basically being taken in by him and said, he says, you know, hey, we're in the know. You and I are in the know, so you know what I know. Right. None so it's an appeal to flattery, so you are inclined automatically to... To believe in him, believe what he says. Let me go ahead and take another section, though, with okay. a different, uh, um, a, a couple of different sections here with a couple of different uh, fallacies than we've hit before. Okay. Um, the he does use an ad hominem attack against Philip Pullman. That's pretty. That's pretty clear in here. The yeah. theme of all three books is an effort of children to kill God. <laughs> the appeal, which actually isn't. The, the, I've read the first book. And it, I know yeah, that's it's not, not the, the it's not the effort of children to kill God. I know it's a lie. Okay, right, but but the uh, the fallacy that I went with on this one was judgmental language. Wow. I can see that. Okay, yeah. um, is there a simpler fallacy here too, though? I mean that that's certainly a more advanced fallacy. But um, the theme of the three books is an effort. 
of, of children, children to, to kill, kill God. God. It, it's not, though. Well, okay, no, that's fine. The first that, book doesn't fine. have anything like that. And my understanding is you don't even get to the God-like and, reference till the third one. Yeah, and they're not trying to. They're not trying to stop. They're not trying to stop God. What they're trying to do is overcome the control that the that the church has. So I can mm. see why this might. You know, offend Bob Larson. Since and the heroines aren't witches. <laughs> the, the the main characters, he doesn't even really practice magic outside of the use of the golden compass. Mm-hmm. And all that does is tell her how to. It, it essentially it points her toward the truth of things. Yeah. Well, I, I guess okay. people who believe in truth are witches now. This is interesting. In the movie, <laughs> this is what you're talking about. In the movie, the heroines are witches. And no, they're not. Uh, okay, thank you. <laughs> but this is what Bob says, and you know yeah. i got to read this as Bob said it. Right. In the movie, the heroines are witches, and the evil is the church, thinly veiled as an evil organization called the magisterium. 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 So the, the church is the magisterium, and so the church is evil in this one. So, so you can see why he doesn't like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other, the other thing I wanted to look at was the movie teaches children that their souls live outside their body as a demon in the form of an animal, whom they must befriend as a spirit guide. They use the old English spelling of demon, daemon, but it means the same and is pronounced the same. That's the way black magicians spell it. And I'm taking that one as a sweeping generalization. Appeal to race. <laughs> Way of black? <laughs> no, no, okay, maybe not. <laughs> not those kind of black magicians. No, all right, you're right. You know, no, I black magic. I see what they're going. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I'm taking that one as a sweeping generalization. Yeah. Um, but this one, it, it was it was interesting. The, I guess the overall the overall theme of the whole article, the overall fallacy. If I had to pick one big one that that read the whole article into it, I'd have to say appeal to consequences and appeal to fear. But, you know, appeal to emotion, appeal to fear. But there's so many wonderful logical fallacies to choose from in this. You know, I can't see where people are not saying that he's a more talented writer than he is because... You know, it's just unfortunate that... That this, compliment this, came from the left hand. This... <laughs> This whole this article is 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 he is getting upset about a work of fiction. Yes. But that's nothing new. <laughs> well, and also he claims that the the movie claims that outside the film's make believe world, the real world we live in, we also have invisible demons that we can prevent, prevent bef- that we can befriend. Well, he, I, I and the film the, doesn't ever claim that. Yeah. In fact, the film the, doesn't doesn't even touch upon that as being anything but fiction. I just went to the homepage, and I guess he has a new show coming out called Possessed. So, oh, Bob Larson does, or who does? Bob, Bob Larson, Larson does. Possessed. You know, yes. there's so there's Philip one of the Pullman is actually working on a sequel to the His Dark Materials trilogy called the The Book of Dust. Yep. So he is working on something right now, and I I want to give him props. <laughs> um, let's see. Mark December seventh on your calendar. That day, the diabolical new movie, The Golden Compass, will be released. This may be the worst movie ever offered to young audiences. <laughs> this is advance warning. I haven't seen The Golden Compass, but I have made a detailed study of what's in it and who is behind it. No, no, no. Wait a second. Hold on. He hasn't seen it. Yes, that is what he says in the article. But yet but he knows it. what's in it. Oh my God. Well, he wrote this before the movie was released. No, no, this is exactly. Uh, well, does, did he read the book even? Apparently not. Yeah, so this is exactly what Ian is talking about in his rant in the beginning. See exactly. it first before you criticize it. Yes. Um, and the, the, the fallacy that goes with that is questionable cause. Okay. But this particular paragraph also contains judgmental language. Diabolical new movie. Well, there's, there's tons of fallacies in this. There's no doubt about it. He... Also, he says in the in his article that uh, Philip Pullman is an avowed English atheist. Uh, Philip Pullman is not an avowed atheist. Somebody else has called him an atheist. But Philip Pullman is a humanist, and uh, he's a secular humanist, which is not necessarily the same thing as saying he's an atheist. Um, well, it, oh, I it, love this line is. here at the end. <laughs> Too many compromising Christians let the devil steal the souls of our precious children through the Harry Potter series. Don't let it happen again. That's an appeal to fear. <laughs> Yes, it is. You know what? He, most, uh, I, I don't know, humanists are generally people who 
are are agnostic and don't believe in God. So they are right but to it's call not, it. But it's not the same as saying that the man has avowed himself an atheist. Well, okay, but it's he's, not the same. Yes. Okay, but he has at least come out. If he's saying he's a uh, a secular humanist, he he doesn't believe in God, or he does. You know, he he's saying there's no evidence for God. And he believes in humanity, and he believes that people right. should live a good life without having to believe in any overriding power in order to make them do so. Well, yeah. I, I'm in That's their boat. That's really the core of humanism. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I – but I, it isn't a, that far of a stretch to call him an atheist. So, I mean – but so what? I mean that this, that's just an ad hominem attack because when he wrote a book of fiction, it doesn't matter whether he's an atheist or not. You know, it's fiction. That would be the same thing as judging um, the Lord of the Rings trilogy on the fact that Tolkien was a Christian, and same with the Chronicles of Narnia. You know, just because uh, these people are only Christians that wrote it doesn't necessarily mean these are Christian. Right. You know, that's books. A, yeah, that's a and, nice and We should consider the propaganda to make everyone Christian. Well, it's like <laughs> judging judging the Harry Potter series on the fact that uh, J.K. Rowling was a uh, was a single mother. Yeah. Therefore, the book yeah. is unfriendly to married women. Well, plus she's a werewolf. <laughs> or people without children. <laughs> okay, Brian, you lost me on that one. <laughs> it was a total non sequitur. Because <laughs> <laughs> he actually, the werewolf does get married in the last book. Yep. So. Yeah. But then dies. Yeah. yeah. Spoilers. Oh, yep, I was going uh, to say spoilers. We better not get that second part out. <laughs> if, you, if you're waiting to see the movie. <laughs> well, that, that won't happen until, part, until the second one anyways. Remember, the seventh book's been broken into two movies. Oh, so. they did. That's probably good. They got ways to wait to find out that. All right. <laughs> More spoilers. All right. So, anyway, it was a fun article to go over, though. Absolutely. Yeah. Woo-woo. Woo-woo. You want to talk about, some, want to talk about what woo-woo is? Uh, yeah. Isn't he a Chinese director who does mainly action films? Let's see. I thought I, I had put two in here, but the uh, but the other link is not in there. The other one linked to the Skeptics Dictionary. Basically, I mean, one of, one of the terms that we use is woo, and I think that one of, one of you guys had asked me what woo was, right? I had. Yeah. I wanted, I, I wanted to get the actual – I wanted to have us do the actual – According to Hoyle definition on the on the podcast. Okay, so I I have two, and um, one of them is on the Skeptical blog, talking about what woo is, and basically woo is pseudoscience, um, anything that's anti science, anything that doesn't have any it, that isn't evidence based that that people see, that people believe in. Um, now th- that's one definition. Um, woo can also be used as a a synonym for believers people who believe in this stuff as well so you say you that's know, also on this skeptico on this skeptico oh page. is it yes. he's got in both yeah he says that a woo can also be a person who holds those beliefs okay so in other words homeopaths would be woos right and homeopathy is woo yes absolutely astrology would fall under that yep people who believe in ghosts <sighs> So, so actually, so this is pretty simple. So, I mean, basically, woo. When we're talking about woo, we're talking about anything that that isn't evidence based. Um, or we, we could also be talking about people who you know, are believers. You know, like my mom was a woo merchant, which is also an ad hominem attack. Yes. So I, so I, I have two links in there with uh, with more thorough definitions. So I also put in here, uh, what are you reading? So uh-huh. I because I so I thought because I thought this would be good because I, I I know that I have a couple of books that I'm reading are more skeptically inclined I would say uh, of course I read um, what's the worst gonna happen which I, I talked about earlier on on the show which is a, a actually really good book that that the first the first part of the book covers critical thinking and then the uh, the next part of the book um, it talks about some of the science and then and then you know his conclusions based on you know what we worked up to. So, okay. so that was a really good book, and and right now I'm reading uh, Faith Healers from James Randi. So I thought I'd find out from you guys what books you're reading as well. I'm about to start Turncoat by Jim Butcher, and I have absolutely no apology for that. Uh, okay. Any, anything else? <laughs> well, I'm right now reading uh, The God Virus, which has so many times described very accurately 
people I've seen, you know, the, the thinking process, what's happened to them, you know, very accurately describing them. So how far are you into that book? Uh, a little over halfway. All right. So when you finish that, is that something you'd want to review? Uh, when I'm done, yeah, I'll re- okay. review it. Great. Okay. And Jen? Leave halfway through about five books. No, no, no. I, 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 there's one specific that you're reading that sounded interesting. Yes. It is called The Ghost Map, the story of London's most, most terrifying epidemic and how it changed science, cities, and the modern world by Stephen Johnson. And um, it's it's been really an entertaining read for all that it's kind of a disgusting topic. Um, it's about the cholera outbreak in London in 1854, and this was a time when the miasma theory was still holding sway in a lot of medicine, which is basically that diseases are in the air and you can breathe them in and they will make you sick, but some people have a better constitution so they don't make everybody sick. From Audible, I got two books. Um, actually, I got three. I got Richard Wiseman's 59 Seconds, uh, which I really enjoyed. It was actually a really interesting look at um, – um, he, he got onto the topic because of somebody who was you know, doing some of these you know, positive affirmation things and stuff like that. And so he started doing some research into that kind of stuff and uh, to see what was you – know, what kind of stuff really worked and what you know, stuff was just a lot of uh, – um, just a ways of making money, and so he he talked a little bit about the um, self help industry and uh, some of the stuff that they do uh, that they promote that really doesn't work, and that how some of the stuff is much simpler than what they want you to do. And you know, in part of their deal is, of course, you know that you know you keep coming back, you know, to get you kind of get positive affirmations from them, and so you so that's kind of how they're making their money. So that was a really um, interesting book. Um, another one that I that I just started reading, uh, I start, I downloaded Origin of the Species. So Dara, I'm I'm the original. Well, I I don't know what version of the book it is, but so uh, so I'm reading a little bit of Darwin there. And also, I listened to um, Richard Wy- or Richard Dawkins' um, Evolution, Greatest Show on Earth, which is a fantastic book about evolution. And he he covers um, the molecular evidence as well as the fossil record. And uh, it's pretty interesting because he, you know, he goes and he makes the point that uh, even without the fossil record, that uh, the molecular evidence is good enough to prove evolution. And so all these, you know, lines of evidence that that converge and tell us the same story, um, you know, as proof for evolution. So so that is that one was really good. Anything else you guys are reading except for you, Jen? Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> That's just good stuff, huh? Yes, it is. All right. But I think it's important that, you know, we that we are reading these books and that we're, and that we're discussing what we're reading um, because I think most of us are, are trying always trying to, you know, get more evidence and learn more about this kind of stuff. I'm particularly interested in the God virus. Yeah, I'll be loaded with that to you when I'm done. Yeah, good. <laughs> and I and I have a whole stack of other books too, denialism, and you know I have I have a lot of uh, I have a whole stack of other books that I want to read as well. So yeah, yeah. All right. Anything else, guys? No, I think we covered everything tonight. All right. Let's call yeah. that a show. Sounds okay. good. Another right. one in the can. Yep. All right. Good evening. Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. For more information about the Amateur Skeptics, go to AmateurSkeptics.com. To send us feedback, suggestions, or big flaming insults, feel free to contact us at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. Other contact information can be found on our website. Music for this podcast was provided by OMG. For more information about OMG, go to their website at MySpace.com forward slash OMGHQ. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is released under a Creative Commons share alike, no derivatives, 3.0 license. We'd love to have you share our work with other people. Please do not edit or change the flyer.